0: There's never a perfect answer for really any situation, especially having to do with with parenting, but to start to listen to that voice, to notice it, and to toy around with listening to it. Because it takes a while to develop that trust as well, to trust that, oh, maybe I don't have to ruminate over this thing for hours or days or even longer. You know, I can trust myself. So... Start with little things, listen to the voice of the intuition, and you'll start to realize that you can trust yourself so much more than you likely previously believed.
1: Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder, and I'm here to help you rock your hormones and feel great in your body so that you can reclaim more energy, vitality, and joy, and become the CEO of your health. Let's jump on in. Ooh, I have never known shame until I started the journey into motherhood. Now I'm just gonna come out and say it. Being a mother is not for the faint of heart. As if caring for your own needs wasn't enough, being a mother means you are responsible for the health, safety, and well being, I'm talking emotional well being, of another human. Now, while there's no one size fits all, option for parenting. Some mamas and even grandmas believe that their way is the only way to do things. And unfortunately, this leads to a negative practice that has gained popularity in recent years, and that is mom shaming. Now, researcher and author of Women in Shame, Brene Brown, defined the feeling as shame is the intensely painful feeling or experience of believing we are flawed and therefore unworthy of acceptance and belonging. Mm. Women often experience shame when they are entangled in the web of layered, conflicting, and competing social community expectations, right? Instagram, for for one. Shame leaves women feeling trapped, powerless, and ultimately isolated. Brown actually started studying the shame in women because of her own experience as a mother. She created the term mother shame to apply to the myriad types of shame that we experience around motherhood, whether it's pregnant, becoming a mama, postpartum, or let's be honest, all the years that your little human is on this planet. Because mother shame is so prevalent than ever today, especially because of the pandemic, I invited author and brand new mama as of the last month, Bailey Gladys, to the show to talk candidly with me about this and what she considered to be the most important thing that she wants expectant mothers and new mothers to know. Now, before we dive into this incredible conversation that I cannot tell you how excited I was to get to have, I wanna sing her praises. Bailey Gladys is the author of Asking a Pregnant Friend, which is the book we're talking about today, and Feng Shui Mommy. She is a childbirth preparation educator birth doula, hypnotherapist, and a regular contributor to a lot of outlets, including Working Mother, Fit Pregnancy, Pregnancy and Newborn, Cosmopolitan, Women's Day, and so much more. You can visit her online at Baileygladys.com. Let's welcome Bailey to the show. Hey, one more thing. I wanna share something that I've been consistently using for my energy levels this year. See, as a new mama, I am always on the lookout for effective and easy ways to boost my energy, especially my mental energy. And this year I added Organifi's green juice to my morning routine and I love it. The organic green juice is made with 11 superfoods and it's easy to make and it tastes amazing. And luckily, Organifi has given me a promo code to share with you so that you can add it to your morning ritual. Use promo code Dr. Marisa D-R-M-A-R-I-Z-A and get 15% off of your order at Organifi.com slash Dr Marisa. Now I'm gonna have the link in the show notes for this episode, and I can't wait for you to try it. Welcome to the Essentially You podcast, Bailey Gaddis. How are you doing today, girl? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. And I just want to say shout out to you for being here today, three weeks away from your delivery date. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I bet it feels so much more potent to be talking about your book, which is asking for a pregnant friend, to be in pregnancy <laughs> during this this conversation, has that shifted in any way? And, and, and before we even get into that question, uh, really more so, I just love the work that you're doing and so grateful for the work that you're doing. There's so much misunderstanding around pregnancy and even motherhood, we, you know so much taboo around both, I find, especially women in postpartum. What was the inspiration for you wanting to really support women in this way?
0: It really started with my, my pregnancy with my son, gosh, eight, nine years ago now is when I was pregnant and I felt so lost during that experience. I had had no idea that this was, you know, the, the field that I would end up working in, but I, yeah, I just really did not feel like I could find adequate support during that pregnancy. And then the childbirth preparation method that I used to birth him was amazing and it completely transformed my experience. And so that really piqued my, my interest. And let's see, when he was six months old, I schlepped him and my husband to San Diego, got certified to teach childbirth prep. And then that really quickly led into being a birth doula. And then I started writing about this topic for you know different magazines and websites a few months later. So it all happened really fast. And it has been amazing to, you know, connect with so many women that have that are going through, you know, the same struggles that I went through then and I'm definitely going through now, nine, eight year, eight, nine years later. And yeah, I just really wanted to to offer women, you know, more holistic support. And I wanted, especially with this book, to provide a space where women could allow themselves to, you know, be vulnerable to re- release a lot of the the shame and embarrassment that can come up during this really, you know, wild journey into motherhood. And yeah, it's been just amazing to hear all those those stories and to be by a woman's side as she goes through this really, you know, profound transformation.
1: Mm, so so true. Oh my gosh, what what a transformation. And it was really mind-blowing in my own pregnancy how little Like the day-to-day or or the the changes that were going to happen, how little we as women really knew about going in, even the metabolic changes, the, the hormone changes, I mean, all of it. I felt like I had to do so much research to really understand what was going on. And I was just so like blown away. But I'm like, really? We, we would just, we saunter into pregnancy and all these massive shifts and changes. And we're not told nothing, <laughs> you know, and so much of the content out there can be so generic and not really applicable to each and every one of us. And so I was, it was a really fascinating journey for me. I Luckily, I'm a researcher by trade. So I kind of just got into it very quickly. But that's just because I've been doing that for decades. Uh, and I can imagine so often women are just like, what is what is going on right now? I want to know really quickly before we get into, you know, some of the meat of this is talk to me about what it's felt like from the first pregnancy for you with your son and this pregnancy, knowing what you know today. <laughs> yeah, it has been a mixed bag.
0: <laughs> um, physically, this pregnancy has been so much harder. So I've been able to relate so much more to, you know, almost everything I write about in in the new book, especially the physical components because it has been a much more traditional pregnancy in regards to, you know, nausea and sweating and just swelling, all, all of the things I'm experiencing. And then, you know, with having so much more knowledge, that has allowed me to have an easier journey emotionally. So I would say that's the big difference. You know, the first pregnancy, I I had so much anxiety, so many doubts, so many big questions that I never asked. Or like you said, I just couldn't find quality answers to. And so this time I feel more calm in a lot of ways. Um, But of course, with anything like the more, you know, the more, you know, so there's some new fears that have cropped up that I'm working on, you know, with my midwives, I'm putting in a lot of work to kind of have that like clear emotional slate going into the, the birth experience. But for the most part, I mean, I am, yeah, of course, I'm so grateful that I have so much more knowledge and experience going into it this time around and I'm able to appreciate it more. That's for Mm, sure.
1: I, I love that, that statement of like, when you like, once you know, you know, like you can't unknow, right? And yeah. <laughs> and there's, exactly. you know, and there's something to be said about that knowing. But then also like I, you know, especially when it comes to women's health and women's hormone health, I just know, know like my husband's always making fun of me. I, I'm just like the bearer of bad news at the party, you know, like. You know, I just know more, I just know more stuff. And so if something comes up, I can just really download on that. And Alex is like, Mm-mm, that's not what they were looking for. <laughs> and I can say, yes, as a, someone who, as a, as a mama, I was an older mama who got pregnant. I was 41 when I was pregnant. And, and I can speak to after my pregnancy, like I, pregnancy wasn't my favorite thing. Like I love, I love that women love pregnancy. I love the, those women who love pregnancy. Like I love, love it for you. But it was it was not a love affair for me. It was so uncomfortable. And as you know, I, I I had never been pregnant when I'm 20. So I don't have any comparison to go by. But I have a feeling that it probably would have been easier if I had been younger <laughs> energy wise to manage. So yeah, I, and I can speak into the fact that yeah, sometimes it just can be a very uncomfortable journey moving through it. Then besides that, besides the discomfort, besides a lot of, you know, just the physical feeling and the shifts and changes in the body for every trimester, can you speak into why so many women feel so much shame, even fear around pregnancy, especially as they go further into their pregnancy, like deeper into those trimesters?
0: Yeah. You know, I think a lot of it stems from the fear of the unknown when we're going into something that... That impacts us so profoundly, you know, physically and emotionally that that's intense already. You know, again, in my experience, I, I know so much and it's still intense, but for a lot of us, we don't have a lot of knowledge, you know, going into this and kind of going back to, you know, what you were talking about before when you were starting to research and you just couldn't find a lot of quality information that was a big piece for me of you know why i created this book half of the the time i spent writing this book about 8 months was all research was reading you know, really dense um, studies about, you know, all the topics to really try to figure out like what, what is the accurate information here? Because a lot of times doing a simple Google search, you know, we just get more confused and that can intensify, you know, the fear um, and, you know, all the different concerns that a woman has. And then with the emotional, you know, questions and all of that that comes up, what I found was a lot of times the information you could find was laced with so much judgment, so much judgment. And, you know, that at least for me, you know, being pregnant and reading that, even though I knew like, there's no reason for me to feel shame or embarrassment about this topic, reading like on social media, these really vicious comments to women that were being open about maybe feeling a lot of resentment towards their partner during pregnancy or all these normal, you know, things that we go through, but there's so much judgment, so. I think that if a woman is able to get quality answers to those questions that fear can be reduced but you know kind of going back to your your question I think the unknown it's it's what can create so so much anxiety going through this this journey mm.
1: I oh gosh yeah that's so true I mean that kind of that main event that pinnacle moment of of birthing your baby and clearly so much, judgment around that topic too alone how you're going to do it you know where you're going to do it all these things it's it's so crazy like so much i mean there's just i feel like there's just so much judgment wrapped around all all aspects of motherhood i know another area that you really help women focus on is not just the pregnancy leading into birth but also the postpartum piece as well i think for me i mean there was definitely a lot of unknown and not sure what was going on but i knew that birth was going to happen. Like I was going to get through birth. And I don't know if that's always everyone's mindset, but I was like, birth is a, is it, it's a very important blip in time, but it's a blip in time. Like for me, that was kind of how I approached it. It was the postpartum part that I was most fearful of. Like I was like, oh my gosh, they just send you home with a baby, you know, and you've got to figure that out. And so that was really where I feel for me. And there's, I just feel like, you know, with especially with my experiences with my our pediatricians, lots of shame, lots of finger wagging, lots of scaring you, lots of fear. That whole just leaving the hospital those first several weeks after the hospital just felt like such a hot mess, crazy tornado. And I don't know if this you approach this inside of the book as well. but how how often do you find women on the other side of pregnancy are struggling? just as much, if not more, than when they were pregnant?
0: I think it is definitely fair to say that more women struggle more after having the baby. And it's so intuitive of you that that's the part that you are more nervous about. Cause I have a lot of women that, you know, they are just focused on the birth and they're really nervous about it and not thinking at all about what comes after. And and it's like fair, fair enough. You know, your birth is intense, but like you said, it's, you know, even a really long birth, it's probably not going to be more than two days of your life, which yes, is like a lot to go through, but you'll, you'll get through it but then, like you said, you have this baby and now you have to do something with this baby and your body is still going through like upheaval, you know, hormonally, as you obviously know, and emotionally, and there's so, there's so much happening. And so, you know, I think it is crucial for women to, to start to at least explore what that might look like. There's, you know, obviously my book, other amazing books about the postpartum period. And with that, that we don't know, obviously, of exactly what our postpartum experience is going to be like, right? You know, we don't know if, if we want to breastfeed. We don't know if our milk will come in. I mean, we don't know if the baby will be a baby that sleeps a lot or doesn't. I mean, there's so much that we'll just have to learn on the job, so to speak. But I think, yeah, for women to realize that it might be really hard and that's okay. I think that's that's the thing to remember, right? Because we think, oh, we'll have this baby and I'll be in bliss and everything will be perfect. And when that's not our experience, we can feel a lot of things like I'm a bad mother or maybe I'm not doing something right. And t- going back to that judgment, we place a lot of judgment on ourselves if it's not all rainbows and butterflies after that baby comes out. But to know that, yes, for a lot of women, that is actually the hardest period and you do get through it you know it's like as as you know having an older baby now it's like at least for me the first six months was the most intense and then it, it gets easier so to remind yourself of that you know kind of the this too shall pass if you're just feeling totally exhausted or depleted you will get through it But it is okay if you have some struggles in that early period because
1: everybody does, really. Like everyone always says, you you just cannot prepare (laughs) because I tried because I really did try to (laughs) (laughs) over-prepare.
0: (laughs) There's only so much you can do,
1: yeah. And I think that's, at least for me, like a lot of people, I felt a lot of love during the pregnancy and I was pregnant during the pandemic too. So I didn't get to spend as much time with people then, but I just felt a lot more love, a lot more grace for me during the pregnancy. But then girl, it was like a shame sandwich on the other side. Everyone has got an opinion about what you need to do about your baby. And that was was the really struggle. And I think I said, I think even... I think the worst shame I got was literally from pediatricians. Like, they would just ask me questions. And I was like, do do people, like, I think it was a question about his car seat, like, if it was put in on the right side or right, you know, if it was back facing versus forward facing. I was like, are you really asking me that question right now? Like, I was just so offended. <laughs> but there was like a slew of questions. I just felt like I was getting pummeled with in that, in that first exchange. And then clearly family members and... and it, all kinds of people having all kinds of opinions about what you need to be doing, and there was just a lot. I know we're not even going to get into the whole breastfeeding process, all of it, just messy, messy. So much shame, so much fear. You know, you just you, like it made me just like shun away from the from the from the medical system and from a lot, just just people in general. I was just like, get get out of here with all of this mess. And so I have a feeling that not only do women experience a lot of shame, I know how it's impacted me. But how do you see it impacting a lot of other women in their early journey into motherhood?
0: Yeah, I think it, you know, it impacts us in a few ways. Certainly the, the stress of feeling that shame can physically, you know, make, make the experience harder when we're, you know, distracted by all that shame. You know, we're having to process a lot. It takes a lot of energy. And I think it really pulls us Out of the present moment and out of our intuition, you know, so for a lot of us, we, we are, you know, I really believe that all mothers, they are the expert on their baby more so than the pediatrician, your mother-in-law, your mother, you, you know, what is best for your baby, but when we are shrouded in that shame, when we're distracted by that shame, it is harder to, to tap into that wisdom that we, that we innately have and it makes it harder to enjoy the the journey you know it breaks my heart when i have women that are so overcome by that shame that i'm supporting and they're and i mean i've had women say this to me verbatim like i just can't enjoy my baby because i feel so much shame, so much overwhelm that, and a lot of it, like you were saying, was coming from opinions from the pediatricians, from people around them that were maybe not directly saying you're doing it wrong, but saying, well, you're not doing it the way I would have done it or the way I think is, you know, the right way. So yeah, it can be really draining and sadly it can take away from, you know, in some cases the the bonding of the the mother and the baby, because there's so much distraction. Hmm.
1: You know, you mentioned the 6-month mark and how kind of things turn a corner. I remember people just like just try to get to 6 months. That's I was amazing. like, I need to get to like 9 months. <laughs> and you know, I was thinking about that that time, you know, for for so many so many new mamas coming out of it and just trying to manage all of the things that are being said. And I still feel, I mean, I guess even as our children, our babies are approaching one and even beyond, there's still a lot of opinions and a lot of shame and a lot of things, a lot of criticisms, a lot of things being said about what you should and shouldn't do. Like we're we're co-sleeping with Kingston and, and I am literally... Exhausted. I'm not gonna pretend. Girl, I'm not gonna. I'm just happy I showed up today. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, that's where I'm at in this journey. And I have a lot of people who have a lot of opinions about that, about just constantly, continuously. Like, I just want women to be prepared. It feels like it doesn't end, you know? When do you feel like women start to get a little bit more comfortable and really kind of owning? that they are making the right decisions for their babies. Do you find that there's kind of a tipping point for some women because at some point you just kind of put up the force fields, you put up the shields and you just kind of roll with it. I feel like I'm at that place now. Girl, the opinions are no less, but I finally feel like I'm I'm really resolute and I'm re- I feel really good about the decisions I'm making.
0: Yeah, you know, I think the the tipping point is for a lot of women is somewhere between that that six month to one year mark because by that point, you know, we've really gotten to know our baby, we've gotten to know ourselves more as a mother. You know what? Again, really feels good. That the very beginning, so much is shifting. Right, there's so much change that it's hard to really feel like we're on solid ground. Um, even if we have strong instincts, it's hard to like fully trust them. But by at least for me, it was like around six months and I started to feel like, all right, I know my baby, I know what works for us. And it was easier to, to let all of those opinions just kind of slide off. It would still trigger me sometimes, obviously, but I didn't feel as much, you know, pressure to, to defend myself. I didn't feel as defensive when all of the opinions were were thrown my way, you know, even with my husband, because we co-slept with our son. And that was honestly the only way that I could get any sleep. And he had always been told by his mother, the baby sleeps in a crib. Like, that's what you do. And so even within my own relationship, you know, those first six months, it was really stressful as we navigated as a family, what works best for us and then yeah around 6 months so much settled and you know i i work with a lot of women that maybe they had medical complications at the beginning or their baby did and i found that typically their tipping point comes closer to like 8 months and 9 months it's just a little bit extended because there's so many additional challenges that they're dealing with in the beginning um postpartum depression you know obviously women that are navigating that that can make it harder to get to that place where you feel like, all right, like I feel confident, I feel good. So again, there's no magic number, obviously, but typically, yeah, six to six months to one year, you're starting to feel better. It's easier to just kind of block out all of the noise. Mm.
1: Good to know. Yeah. I feel like I've hit that, finally hit my stride there too. So I was just curious because I was like, am I ever going to feel, you know, like really trusting? I mean, clearly always tuning into the gut. And I'm going to, I want to ask you a little bit more about that, you know, especially in those early, early months of postpartum It's and just in general. I mean, that's the one thing that we as women have is our gut intuition. That is what we've got. And the fact that we're running the whole show and we're the common denominator for everything. I mean, all that too. But like, you've got to be able to trust your gut instinct over, over all that noise. Is there any recommendations or advice for how we can tap into that even during times where we feel hopeless, we feel fear, we we, we, we feel like we've lost our way, our path?
0: yeah, you know what I tell women and and, of course, sometimes it's not this this simple, but so often with our intuition, it's like that first voice that you hear after asking yourself a question is more often than not your intuition giving you a sign. And then where we get lost is when we start to like really analyze everything and we kind of go down the rabbit hole. So I tell women, you know, especially if they're you know, I'm supporting them during pregnancy, it's like, start to practice now. You know, even with like, what do I want to eat for dinner? Or like, it can be little questions. It doesn't have to be this huge, you know, parenting topic. Just start with little things and start to to notice that voice that comes up. Because almost always... Our, in, our instincts, our intuition will give us the answer that more often than not is the best one for our unique situation, right? There's never a perfect answer for really any situation, especially having to do with, with parenting, but to start to listen to that voice, to notice it, and to toy around with listening to it because it takes a while to develop that trust as well. To trust that, oh, maybe I don't have to ruminate over this thing for hours or days or even longer. You know, I can trust myself. So start with little things, listen to the voice of the intuition, and you'll start to realize that you can trust yourself so much more than you likely previously believed. Mm,
1: I so appreciate that. That is such great, great advice to give. You know, I think any woman at any point in time in our lives can, it's important to hear that now. More than ever. So, I want to talk a little bit about the book and kind of some of the most common questions that you've been asked that you address in the book that you felt you're like, this needs to be in this book because I'm not seeing it anywhere and it comes up all the time. What are some of those? The first
0: one that came to mind, and this has to do with breastfeeding. I've had so many women like call or text me after they've had their baby, and I can tell they're like so embarrassed to ask the question. It's they're saying that, you know, I'm feeling aroused when I'm breastfeeding and I feel like there's something wrong with me. I don't want to breastfeed because I'm having, you know, these, these physical sensations. And, and so that was one of the the first questions that I wrote down to make sure I include in the book. And what I tell women is what you are experiencing is one of the most natural biological responses to to a certain stimuli. So, you know, when we breastfeed, the body releases oxytocin, the love hormone. That's a hormone that is also released during sex. When we're breastfeeding a lot of times the uterus has, you know, pretty subtle contractions. That's something that happens during orgasm. When you're breastfeeding your baby, your nipple has to become erect to to allow the baby to latch on. That's something that also happens during arousal. So there's a lot of commonalities between the two. But what I tell women is this is, again, this is your body having a response. It's not your mind saying that you are sexually attracted to your baby or anything like that. It is a very, very natural response. And and this can be harder for, for a lot of women, but I try to tell them, if you can just enjoy it, you know, know that it's, it's just feelings in your body. It's not actual sexual attraction to, to your baby or the act of breastfeeding. Um, it's really in so many ways, your body is trying to make you feel as good as possible. So you want to continue breastfeeding. You know, that's why all of those things are happening and that so many women experience it, but Hardly anybody talks about it because we're afraid, right? We're afraid that we're going to be labeled as a pervert or, you know, all of the other. There's so many words that come to mind that, you know, I have I have seen on social media, especially when a woman is brave enough to share, you know, hey, has anybody else felt this during breastfeeding? And I mean, talk about shame and judgment. You know, some really hateful things can be said about that. So that's it was really important to me to have that in the book, to start dispelling the myths about that and to help women realize you are absolutely not the only one. Mm,
1: I so appreciate that. Yeah. Unfortunately, that did not happen for me, but I'm so... Me neither. so grateful oh, that some bit. women. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not happening to me now with those little teeth. So. Yeah, well, there you go, right? <laughs> that's a great, great example of that. I love that. And then I would ask you just a couple of those taboo questions. Clearly, that's one of those taboo questions, right? Like that people are just like, it's so scared to ask because it's such a it's such a sensitive subject. I mean, breastfeeding alone, like I want I, an example of this too is we were in the doctor's office for something, it is six, six months. I don't know, food had come up, solids had come up, and I was still pretty much exclusively feeding Kingston. A little bit of solids, but not much. And I had mentioned that I was exclusively pretty much breastfeeding Kingston. It was like the early six months. And the pediatrician looked at me and she's like, oh my God, like really? Because that is just so hard. That's just so hard to do at this point. And I was like... Oh my goodness. It was, it was such a, such a crazy moment. So I think about just breastfeeding alone, where we, where we, people stand on that topic and the tabooness of it, but then bring in the oxytocin and the good sensations. It's, it's like this nether, this nether level of shame and taboo around breastfeeding.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, and that's, and that's why it was so funny when I was, creating the questions, the postpartum, there was like a whole section on breastfeeding. I'm like, oh, wow, there is a lot coming up, you know, around this topic, not just with, you know, the, the arousal that, that I mentioned, but it's like, you know, and it's like this erogenous zone and it's leaking and it's, you know, it, there's so much happening, happening there. And, and like you said, there's all sorts of opinions, you know, it's like, I went to a, I took my son to a dentist at like a year and a half. And I told her, yeah, you know, he still breastfeeds, not, not exclusively by that point, but he still breastfeeds a lot. And she said, you are ruining, you're going to ruin his teeth. Like she shamed me for breastfeeding past a year. And like she, I've never experienced so much shame and so much judgment. And so there's yeah, a lot of misinformation out there and it, really confuses us. (laughs) It, it can create a lot of conflict, you know, as we navigate this really for a lot of women, what is a really big piece of mothering, you know, even if you're choosing to bottle feed, it's still like a big thing. Like how we feed our baby is really, really complex. And so, yeah, I made sure to, to go deep into that, in the book to, to really give women as much quality information as I could. I so
1: appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, just that topic alone, you know, it just brings women to their knees. That's what I have found. Okay. So I want to know, I have some quick fire questions before we get into those quick fire questions um, really quickly. What is the most important thing that you want expecting mamas to know?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, a big thing is, as you are going through this journey know that really like nothing that you experience or think or feel is is wrong or is a sign that you are going to be or are like a bad mother or that you are like missing some essential chip that the rest of us have this is like this is a really really wild complex journey with so many challenges and so to just give yourself as much grace and flexibility and forgiveness because we all make missteps. We all make missteps on this journey. So to be really, really gentle with yourself, I think that's the pith of the message. Be as gentle as you can with yourself as you navigate this wild,
1: wonderful journey. Mm. <laughs> I love that. That I agree. We need. To, I feel like I can't hear that enough. Mm. I feel like I needed to hear you it too. yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that's how much I need to hear it. (laughs) So I heard it today. That's great. I love it. (laughs) Okay. So I want to move into some quick fire questions and really quickly before we do, um, Bailey, honey, the book is on Amazon. Is there a place that you want us to go and go check out the book?
0: Yeah. You know, it's available, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target, Walmart, all the places. Um, Amazon is probably the easiest, place to to get the book and of course all those amazon reviews help so much so i often point people in that direction but yeah it's available for the most part wherever books
1: are sold mm, and the book is called again asking for a pregnant friend so love that so much and then they can also go check you out at at your website as well and that is baileygaddis.com and we'll have that link inside of the show notes too Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So here are my quick fire questions. Um, There's just five of them and they move pretty quickly. So here is number one. What is the one thing you are deeply grateful for right now? Bread. Bread. (laughs) (laughs) Any specific kind of bread or any bread, all the breads. Sourdough toast is my pregnancy addiction. Yes. Anything on top of that? (laughs) Yeah. uh, So
0: ghee, the like butter that doesn't have the dairy, um, Avocado when I'm being good and and honey when I'm a yeah, something. wanting a, a little, treat. Yeah. Something,
1: something. <laughs> Love yeah, it. Exactly. <laughs> what was something you've done that made you feel extremely happy in the last week?
0: Uh, I went on a walk with my husband, mm. which sounds so simple, but... We don't do it enough.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm, It's one of my favorite activities too. We just did that. We watched the sunset over the ocean yesterday. It was so beautiful. Um, With Kingston. Kingston was being, he loves to be worn. So so that was what was going on. What's one thing that surprises people about you? I think that I have such a sense of humor about all
0: of this. People think I'm going to be really serious and earnest about all of this, but we have to to laugh. We have
1: to find the humor in all of this. Mm, I love that. I love that. We definitely do. What book or film has recently had a big impact on you and why? Let's
0: see. I am working through A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. And it is so complex, but so amazing. I have to like read the same passage over and over and over again. But it's really helping me, you know, figure out how to be more present, which I think is essential going into having a baby again.
1: Yes. yes love it such a great (laughs) book oh such a great book and last knowing what you know now what advice would you give your 18 year old self just trust the journey don't try to force it yay bailey honey That is powerful. (laughs) That is such great advice to any 18-year-old. Absolutely. I need it now, right? I still, I I need to give, that's the advice
0: I need to give myself every single day. Real talk, real talk. (laughs) That's surrender
1: for sure. Bailey Honey, it was such a pleasure to get to connect with you today and learn about all of the yummy momminess you're bringing to the table. I'm so excited to check out your book. And I know that it's going to be such a powerful resource for many women for years to come. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. This was a pleasure. I believe most moms can relate to the often confusing and sometimes scary journey leading into becoming a mama for the first time. And let's not even mention that first year roller coaster. There is so much that is still considered taboo, and the journey can be wrought with shame and struggle. Now, as a new mama just climbing out of the first year with Kingston, I can very much relate. Now, if you are a new mom or you know someone who's about to become a new mama, I personally know four amazing women who are about to become new mamas literally in the next six months. I feel that consider sending them to Bailey, right? Bailey's new book is such a great resource. I wish I had it when I was pregnant and in early postpartum. And again, the book is called Asking for a Pregnant Friend. And she also goes in a postpartum as well. Now you can go and grab her book in the show notes or you can check it out on her website, baileygladys.com. That will also be in the show notes as well. And I just want to say thank you so much for listening in to the Essentially You podcast today. I know I don't cover a lot of topics around motherhood and early motherhood, but this felt very poignant, and I know that there are so many women in my community either going into motherhood or have friends that are heading into motherhood, and I just think the more resources that we can give to these amazing mamas, the better. Now, as you know, this show is all about providing tools to rock your hormones and feel amazing in your body. If there is someone in your life that needs to hear this today... Take a screenshot, shoot it on over to them via text message or share it on social. I know Bailey would love that. If you do share it, hashtag hormone literacy or hormone CEO and also tag me up. Until the next episode, have an amazing day.